Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show. It's January 11th, as our guest Pamela Gail Johnson reminded me. <laughs> Some days it just it blends. It's so cold here. <laughs> it's so cold here, Pamela. It is not uh, its usual um, winter. It usually snows here in Maine, and isn't, in my opinion, anyway. It's just not so bitter cold, but it is below zero today. Burr. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's cold, cold. Yeah, it's cold, cold today. That's what I call it, too. I'm like, yeah, I can deal with cold, but not cold, cold, or cold, cold, cold. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the cold. We're talking. We're going to here to talk about being happy in the cold. Um, so Pamela Gail Johnson is with us here today. She is the founder of the Society of Happy People and also the new author, well, the author of the new book, Practical Happiness, Raise Your Vibe, Stay Present, and Create the Life You Want. You're here at Best Ever You Show. Happy, 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 right? <laughs> Hi. Exactly. Yes. Well, happy, happy, happy 2022. Definitely. We, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's great to be here with you. And is your book uh, soon to be released or is it, out, is it out right now? It was actually released January 4th. So okay. today we're, we're celebrating. It's, it's officially a week in release. And, and how's it going? It's busy, 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 and, and it's fun. It's exciting. So what made you decide to write a book? Well, 20-plus years ago, I started the Society of Happy People. So I've sort of, I guess, been on a mostly adult life mission of uh, encouraging people to recognize happiness when it happens and to celebrate that just as much as we sometimes uh, focus on our what I call happiness zappers. So, you know, both experiences, you know, create our create our life and create who we are. And so, after twenty something years, I, I kind of created the the four principles, which kind of the society has been based on all along. But I, you know, it just seemed time to put them in a book. Huh. Um, so, to, okay, so let's go back here because you've got a, a society of happy people on Facebook. Tell us about that. Well, basically, at the height of the self-help movement in the late 90s, so, you know, everything was was self-help, but a lot of that was before the positive psychology movement research had started being uh, released. We focused just a lot on the what's wrongs of life, and it's not that those what's wrongs sometimes aren't real and don't need to be noticed, but we were almost doing it to the expense of recognizing our what's rights, our you know, what made us happy, all the times we smiled. And even now, it's so much easier to know what annoys you or what you don't like than to sometimes recognize all of the happy moments that you're still experiencing despite your happiness zappers. So basically, we to, to really encourage that, we've kind of at this point, we have Happiness Happens Day. We started the first Happiness Holidays, which the next year expanded to Happiness Happens Month. And then coming up next week, we're going to be doing Hunt for Happiness Week. So those holidays are all over 20 years old now, and just millions of people around the world celebrate them. And it's, you know, all about that 
what we do to feel good and to increase our our vibe, if you will, and and so that we're you know walking around the world just a little bit happier. And what what made you start that in the first place? Well, ironically, I was working in the mental health field at the time, and again, it just it it, it seemed like we at the time, and, and again, some of this has changed a little bit, but at the time, it just really seemed like we were so fixated on the things that uh, didn't make us happy that we really were just ignoring the things that did make us happy. Our first tagline was just, are you happier than you admit you are? And that was really just getting down to the base of the conversation. Are you happier than what you're talking about? And if you're happy with at least half your life, sort of the question is, shouldn't at least half your life get your conversation time? That's a good point, right? <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, well, and hopefully, and if you're if you're not happy with half your life, then that's that's a different question. And so, how do you get to where you're, you know, at least happy with half your life? Hopefully, more, but at least there's that balance between, you know, the things that are you're changing, trying to work through what, the, you know, the the happiness zappers, as I call them. I have five categories of them, but you're, you know, but at least hopefully half your life is things that, again, make you feel good and make you smile, and hopefully it's more than half your life, but but hopefully it's at least that, and then if it is that, then let's try to incorporate more of that in our conversations. So before you started this, did you have something in your life that was making you unhappy, or like what was the, I guess that's what I'm trying to ask you, is like what was the cause of you starting this? Did you have a moment? Did you have a did you have some great, you know, epiphany or, or you just were like one day you had an idea and that was, th- that was this? I think it was, well, actually I was teaching because I was working in the, the mental health field at the time and I was doing empowerment workshops and people wanted me to actually start a newsletter. And I was kind of, it's when you actually have print newsletters that got mailed out to people. It was kind of the trend <laughs> yeah. at that point. And I remember that. I, you remember those? Yeah. I do. And I, I was playing with, like, what would be in one. I was, I was really reluctant to do it. But I, I kept coming down to this question about what is empowerment. And I think sometimes empowerment is when you're able to look back on some of your gr- growth opportunities that you had or some of the things that maybe caused pain. And, and you're able to see that growth or you're able to feel good about it. Or you might even be able to laugh about something. And so I thought, you know, in the back of my newsletter, I want to have a humor column. I want there to be some, a humor a humor story. So I was playing with that one day, and I was like, what would be the first one? And I was like, well, where are all the happy people? Where are these people? And I was like, oh, they have their own club. They just don't tell anybody about it because they don't want anyone to rain on their parade. And, in fact, our original name was Secret Society of Happy People. So in, in my humor column I had people standing around wearing Mardi Gras type masks because a parade rainer crashed the meeting that that way their identity was a secret and they're running they're talking to each other about about uh you know happiness and all the things that make them them happy in life and I would tell people about this idea for a humor column about a group called the secret society of happy people and people would say hey if you start it let me know I want to join and it really dawned on me that 
that people who felt mostly happy and were kind of feeling like they didn't have a tribe to belong to, I guess, for lack of a better word. So about a year, about a year later, I did start the Society of Happy People. And um, so it wasn't necessarily, I, I mean, I guess genetically or mindset wise, I probably do see the glass half full or three quarters full most of the time. Uh, so, so I, I guess that's a piece piece of who I am. But you know, like you said, in general, it was just more of a a lack of of feeling like happiness was celebrated, and then realizing others felt the same way too. Yeah, it'd be a different club if it was like the secret society of the crankiest people ever, or something like that. You know, it'd be well, somebody, totally different joining that one. Somebody actually kind of mentioned he that to me. They said they were going to start the society of you know, annoyed people or something. And I'm like, you don't need to start that. They're already they, they're everywhere, like around all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I think I said, happily share. Time. Yeah. Happy too. So, you know, I, I, I can relate to you and your book. I've, I've read your book and I, I, I loved the four happiness principles. Um, you've got definitely a philosophy for, you know, a realistic, yeah, definitely realistic, but you know, happiness and, so do you want to go through what those are so our audience can learn them? <laughs> well, our first principle is just happiness is personal. And I think that sometimes there are two assumptions that, that get made, especially if somebody makes us really happy. We just think the people we love and care about, it, should, it would also make them happy. And that may or may not be true. And that, again, works vice versa. So I think we just always have to think of, our happiness in that it's it's personal to us and it's also personal to the people we're around. That doesn't mean we can't share our happiness or they can't share their happiness with us. And it doesn't mean that we should never go do something that we have don't think will make us happy if it makes our spouse or significant other or friends, you know, happy to go see a scary movie. And we may not love scary movies, but it's their birthday. So, you know, you go ahead and you do that because you're, you're you're being a, a good a good friend a good person a good partner, um, but but again happiness is personal and I, I think we sometimes again we we just sort of forget to go through that list just because everybody wants to go a lot or all your friends want to go to a party you may be an introvert and you want to read a book so maybe you don't go to as many parties and that's okay um, tend to learn that one a little more as we get older but but happiness is personal the second principle is happiness zappers are manageable and I divide the happiness zappers into five categories and I think depending on the type of zapper it depends on it has its very own what we call zap map zapper management action plan but uh, it starts with unhappiness so unhappiness are really those those biggies those are the things like someone we love dies or a pet passes away it's maybe a job change we had that we didn't want. It's when you get that pink slip or uh, it could be a health change. It could be dealing with depression. You know, that's, that can be a happiness zapper because that's something you have to literally, it's a health issue. You have to manage it, you know, on an ongoing, ongoing basis. So usually our unhappiness, happiness zappers are, are things that usually require maybe a little bit of grief. We have to get to an acceptance place on them, so they take time. So they're things that we don't navigate as quickly as the other other zappers. 
Uh, we may even need a coach or a therapist to help us to help us navigate those and create a plan. Uh, the next one would be stress because we're just all going to experience stress. Now, there's good stress, there's but there's more usually stress is related to the not good stress kinds. But we we're all going to have to figure out what works for us. So for somebody, it might be meditation and yoga. For somebody else, it's running. For somebody else, it's possibly just doing a binge watch of some some shows so they can just completely zone out. So we all have different different ways that, that we manage stress, and it may be different depending on the situation that, that we're in. The next one is fear. Sometimes I, I don't know anybody who doesn't deal with some fears, which is uh, there's there's real fears, and if you're dealing with a real fear, well, I say take appropriate action. You know, if you're in bad weather, don't, you know, you, those, those can be really real fears. If you're dealing with, you know, unfortunately with social media and different things, you can be dealing with stalkers or things like that. Those are real fears, and you, and you have to take appropriate action. But a lot of our fears are mindset-based, and they can stop us from doing something that might actually make us really happy, and it's how do you navigate that particular uh, happiness zapper. And then there's chaos. Fortunately, chaos is usually temporary, but when you're experiencing it, it zaps your happiness. Now, there may be ripple effects from the chaos, but so let's say you went through a hurricane and you're having to redo your roof on your house. There can be a ripple effect of getting through that that next next level, but the actual hurricane itself would, would in the initial aftermath is, usually, again, temporary, even if temporary is a few days. And then the final one is annoyances. And annoyances are those things I think that we have the absolute most control over, and we often let them take, take away most of our happiness. So those are the things where you felt somebody treated you rude, or you're annoyed by traffic, or you're annoyed because you didn't do something or like I said, somebody else is treating you some way that you're you're not necessarily thrilled with. But bottom line is you won't remember it a year from now. So I use that tagline of if you're feeling annoyed, ask yourself that question. Will I remember this a year from now? If the answer is no, go ahead and just let it go now because it's it's really not something that's significant. Now if you will, it's probably not an annoyance. It probably falls into one of the other categories. So that's Principle two. Um, the so hang on the just a second. Three. Hang on one second. So sure. the four, So there's four happiness principles, and the first two are happiness is personal, and then the happiness zappers can be managed. We'll probably go through the happiness zappers one more time um, at the closer to okay. the end of the show. Um, so the first one's happiness is personal. Personal. Then happiness zappers can be managed, in which you just went through um, many of those. And then now let's go to point three. Let's go to point three first. So the next principle is happiness changes as you change. And while it's sort of one of those like, oh, duh, obvious, it it is obvious, but a lot of times we really look at our past happiness and we always are trying to bring it into our present. And so, so like an example would be uh, when you were four, you probably loved to finger paint or finger paint on the walls because that was just super fun. And probably if you're 40, that might not be your super happy moment unless, of course, you're an art teacher or something or maybe doing it with grandkids. But basically, our happiness is going gonna, is gonna to change. And if we, we look back at past happinesses and we think that they're going to make us the same happy, 
that may or may not be true. And even when you repeat an experience, it's still not the exact same experience because happiness is very much in the moment. It's, it's when, you're, when, you're, when you're living it. But, again, we definitely, our happiness usually does change through, That's through as we age and mature and, and, and things in our, our life are different. And so then the fourth principle is happiness is bigger than you think. And that is based on the Society of Happy People's 31 Types of Happiness. And that's really about just expanding your definition of happiness. And, and so we have 31 ways for, for people to do that. Good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. So, um, so just to cover the four again, so happiness is personable. Per, I keep saying that, personable. Personal, I mean. Happiness is personal. Yeah. Happiness zappers can be managed. Happiness changes as you change, and happiness is bigger than you think. And of those four, which one's your favorite to talk about? Well, I think it, dep- it really depends on, on the, the situation. But I do think that um, happiness is bigger than you think is always one of my favorites because we identified the 31 types of happiness a long time ago, and I think that's one of the biggest ahas people have is that uh, an example I'll use will be uh, nobody's looking forward to spring cleaning and going, I'm going to go clean out my garage because I'm just super excited to do that. That doesn't make us usually think, unless you probably already have a clean garage. Uh, That's not a happy maker. But if you go clean out your garage, you're going to be so relieved that it's done. So relief is actually one of the 31 types of happiness. You probably donated some items, so you got to give. So giving is one of the 31 types of happiness. And the next time you go and you need to find something, you'll probably easily find it, and you feel very satisfied that you, you found it, and satisfaction is one of the 31 types of happiness. So one simple act probably created three types of happiness, and you don't even you probably didn't think of it that way most of the time. So I do love I do love that one, and most people, even when you're having a day that's filled with happiness zappers, if you actually take our happiness counter and I we have that as a, a link that your your guests can go and just download. It's just if you go to sohp.com/gifts, you can download the happiness counter that gives you all 31 types of happiness. Um, if you take 30 minutes or you take 15 minutes and you say how many of these types of happiness did I experience? Most of the time, it's very rare that people didn't experience more of them than they would have initially thought in that window of time. So I think it's one of the quickest ways to remind yourself that you had these moments where you felt naturally good or you felt naturally better. And that's ultimately what happiness is. It's when we feel good. How's it going with um, everything that you're doing in the pandemic? When you say everything you're doing during the pandemic. Um, no, yeah, well, everything that you do during the pandemic. You know, you're, you are a, a place where people can land for some happiness in the midst of a total crisis. Um, you must be pretty busy these days, for sure. Well, definitely people are looking for for more ha- for more happiness and, and they have been and I think that falls back to that principle three happiness changes as you change the pandemic has not whether we wanted it to or not it's changed us 
our culture, which then has changed us. So we've really been going through, I think, grief of we're dealing with grief, we're dealing with uncertainty, it's certainly increased depression and anxiety, which was already prior to the pandemic um, on an uptick. I think you probably know that. So it was already on an uptick, and then this has definitely put it on on hyperdrive. So, yeah, we definitely have more people trying to figure out what happiness is uh, during this new normal. And, and that is where, if you look at the fourth principle, happiness is bigger than you think. We might not be having fun the same way we did have fun prior to the pandemic, like maybe going to concerts or sporting events or people are doing those things now at their own comfort level. Uh, so maybe our idea of fun has changed. Maybe it's now taking a walk or doing something that's, that's more, uh, you know, with fewer people. I, I know I've actually had some of our society people that have, like, emailed me and said, and this was early in the pandemic, but it, this one really stood out, that she said, uh, I realized how much stuff I was doing that I didn't enjoy because now that I've been home. And she said, my husband and I found out we really do like spending time together. And so I think the pandemic has had people reevaluate what's going on. The holidays, and I haven't had a lot of feedback on this yet, but last year I got a lot of feedback that people were like, I really actually enjoyed my smaller family gathering more than I anticipated I would. It wasn't as, you know, chaotically busy. So I'm actually kind of curious this year if people on a whole went back to their big, big family gatherings or if they sort of did a combo. So maybe, you know, they had smaller family events that were more intimate and then they maybe did a dessert dinner or something where it was, you know, a combination of extended family. So I'm kind of curious how that, I haven't really heard or read anything on that this year, but I think people are reevaluating everything and they're trying to figure out what their new happy is. Yeah. Is that, that what I agree finding? with. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think, I think definitely there's that uh, alignment toward cutting out things that make you happy, you know, make you, um, ha- making you stressed or you know, all the zappers that you're saying toward an alignment, toward happiness and peace for sure. Uh, and, and then I think the challenge is as things open up and pick back up again and so forth is to how do you maintain that with everything that you um, that's going to change again as things open back up and we're doing more again and things like that. So as we get busier, it'll be a, it'll be a challenge to keep things quieter if that's the way you have discovered that you love that, love them. <laughs> I think anyway, because you know, it's, um, this is a, a lovely environment for, um, introverts. Um, but when, as, but was we're trying to kind of tame down the extroverts and keep them so that they can't do what they want to do and interact with crowds and people and, you know, all the things that go on. Um, it's, uh, it's a challenge all, all across, I think, um, the board. Do you think so, too? No, I agree. But I will have to say, as an introvert, for me, I found during the, the windows of significant lockdown that I found out, like, well, I, I do like being around people a little bit more maybe than I would have thought I would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I still have my limit. Like I have a time limit. Like I am good being social for X number of hours or, or whatnot. But 
but then I need to go back and go, you know, go curl into my cave or something. But so I even found as an introvert, it got hard on some fronts. So I, 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 my heart bled for the extroverts because yeah. <laughs> I thought, wow, if I'm sort of feeling this, an extrovert's probably feeling it tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I think exactly. Um, I did not worry whether what color my hair was or if my nails were done or if I needed to go to a concert or a crowded event or anything like that. I'm just way more mellow um, and way more introverted. So to me, it was like, okay, I'm going to kind of continue to do some of the same things I already do. But then it was a challenge, though, um, and still remains a challenge because COVID's brewing everywhere in Maine here. We have more people in the hospital than we've ever had actually yesterday and today. Um, but, you know, it just remains a challenge of, you know, there is only so much introvertedness one can take <laughs> before one does need other people. And, and, um, and it gets, then you have the second part of like the anxiety of getting ill, um, with, you know, even going to the grocery store or shopping or Christmas shopping or whatever it may be. Um, so it's, it's a tricky balance and it, and it definitely picks away at happiness gets picked away well, happiness for a lot of because, people. Yeah. Because those are real anxieties. Yeah. Um, I went to, I went to a um, family gathering the Friday after Thanksgiving. And so there were like 12, 12 or 14, there was 12 or 14 of us and five people and everybody was vaccinated and many had boosted and five people ended up with COVID still. Yeah. Yeah. We're vaccinated and boosted and we had COVID all of November, all of November. Like I had to cancel radio shows because we, I couldn't hold a radio show without coughing all the way into December. Um, So yeah, yeah, it was, it was nasty. And so, yeah, you do, you're like, well, you know, I I think the, the happiness part of the happiness zapper part of COVID, I I like the happiness zapper part because those are the things that people try to fix. (laughs) You know, you try and avoid, you know, fear and these things. So it's, they're a little bit more pinpointable and, but if you focus on them, you get more of the unhappy. So you want to flip it around and focus on the happy. But if we talk about zappers with respect to COVID, you know, people have, there's anxiety within um, the anxiety. If you have anxiety, depression and so forth, that, that eats away at the moments that you spend happy. And a lot of people right now are spending time worrying about COVID because there's no, and I don't mean to get on a COVID kick or anything, but there's, there's nothing that says whether you're going to get little mild like cold and flu symptoms or whether you're going to in the hospital. There don't seem to be any, it just seems to be sort of random and that's creating anxiety for people. A lot of people are talking about that. It's like, well, what, what is causing one person to end up in the hospital and the other one to have a runny nose? No, actually, one of my friends, her um, and her family, her husband had been vaccinated, and then but she had not, and I don't know, I don't know the reason why, and her daughter yeah. had not, and they all ended up with COVID, and he actually ended up with it worse than she and her daughter did. Yeah, and yeah. I suspect Weird, at some point it? they'll have identified some type of genetic marker that make some people more susceptible than others, but it just hasn't been, I mean, yeah, who knows that's what, what I think too. Like be. there's gotta be some logic to it um, that we're just not knowing or seeing. And I think if we could put that out in the universe, there could be a little bit less fear and a little bit more, whatever we need to, 
to get past these moments. But um, I, it, that's, the, that's just the one thing that really struck me when I went onto Facebook, and I've been a member of your society for a while now. And so I watch and I see, I see the happiness that you've created, and it's a peaceful place where people can go. As is the best ever you network, people know that too. Um, but they're just places where you can go to zone out in happiness especially if you're feeling stressed or any of the zappers, we people know that we're really trusted places on the internet where there aren't those discussions that make you fearful and anxious generally. Well, people, you have to honor the anxiety or the depression or, or the stress that COVID or anything else in your life is calling, you know, causing you. So you have to acknowledge it. Sure. But then once you acknowledge it, part of your, as I call it, your zap map, your zapper management action plan needs to be how do you, how do you also then go fill yourself up with positivity that gets back to that original question in the society. Are you, you know, happier than you admit you are? And by admit, you know, are you talking about if you only fill your brain with the anxiety and stress and worry, your, your body just starts taking on, your body takes on that more and more in a very physical physical uh, form and so how do you again you then have to be very proactive to go again feed your head with with that positivity or zone out your sometimes your goal in those cases isn't necessarily to be at some high vibration type of happiness like say excitement or like I said fun or, or laughing hysterically at something sometimes it may be just finding contentment Sometimes it's just maybe a little tiny step up and you feel better than you felt the moment before. And that's, that's called a win. That's a win. It's sometimes it might just be amused. So maybe you just have a smirk grin at some cute cat video or something. Um, so, so sometimes like I try to get people to think about happiness as, like I said, just feeling a little bit better than you did before. You don't always have to compare yourself to people who have that higher vibe type of happiness more than not. So, because some people genetically, that's just part of their DNA. Sometimes, like I said, it's just feeling, like I said, a little bit better than you, you did before. I think one of I guess I worked in the mental health field for about 10 years, and one of my, um, I, I, I'm always, my heart just always, like, beats a little faster when I sometimes get emails from people who do deal with depression and do deal with anxiety a lot, and they sometimes feel like they're not really happy. And when they go read that list of 31 types of happiness, a lot of times those folks go, I do have happy moments. I just didn't think of them that way. And so they start recognizing that, again, happiness is really about when you just, you feel good. And, and so, again, feel good is personal. Because back to the first principle, it's personal. So what might make one person feel good might not even hit somebody else's radar. And that's okay because that's, happiness is fluid. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that I do there, too, is also root in uh, gratitude. And, and, and that, you know, I've, I'm a person who's... Um, nearly lost my life a few times with uh, life-threatening food allergic reactions. So I know what it's like to, to lose your life. And so um, I find sometimes you can root happiness in, in a practice of gratitude, a deep practice of gratitude for, you know, like I'll wake up in the morning, I'll take a deep breath in and I'll be like, oh, okay, gratitude. I've got, the, I've got breath and go from there. And so happiness can, like what you're saying with the 31 things can be that deep perspective. Yes, it's a list of, of, 
31 things that can make you happy, but it's that perspective of rooting in those things that um, well, where the, pra- where the practice and the action. I love it. Gratitude and blessed are two of the types of, of happiness that are on the 31 list. So, you know, every time you feel grateful for something, that's, that's this moment that you were, you know, feeling happiness. Happy. And we do yeah. know scientifically that people who do have a deep, uh, a deep uh, gratitude practice uh, definitely feel, feel happier. But I, I know on the gratitude front, sometimes I, I've always said, and this is even when I started the society, on my worst day, I live a blessed life. And I know that, but sometimes, depending on what's going on, if I'm in a super happiness, happy mode, like, okay, like a mode of unhappiness, you know, like I know when my mom was in ICU before she passed away, you know, those three weeks, I was not feeling blessed. I mean, I was blessed that I have family around me, and in hindsight, I, I see more blessings, but during those exact moments, that is not how I would have described myself. That does not mean I didn't experience any moments of happiness because I, I did. I, like I said, I, there were moments of happiness. Were they fewer? Of course. But, but they were still there. But I don't so, – so sometimes – and sometimes when you know you live a blessed life, you can feel guilty for not feeling the gratitude. And my thought process on that has always been, so go find just another little tiny moment of happiness, and then you can build usually back up to that to that yeah. gratitude place pretty quickly. Yeah, that is. Like, don't beat yourself up because you're like, you know, I know I'm, I, I know I'm a very blessed, fortunate person and I should be grateful, but right now I'm not necessarily feeling it. It'll come back. It'll, it'll come yeah. back on the, on the front if you can just, like I said, just raise yourself up just a tiny bit. Yeah. The founder of the Secret Society of Happy People or the Society of Happy People is allowed to be bummed once in a while. We, I get it completely. Um, and, you know, we have so many, you and I have a lot of similarities in common, um, a lot of similarities and things in common, I mean. Um, and it'll be interesting to get to know you better over the years because um, my father was in ICU for a very long time. They called him the ICU warrior. And he was in and out of the yeah. ICU from 2004 to 2018 when he passed. And uh, my first book, my first Hay, uh, my Hay House book, Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through, was a lot about that experience and a lot about what you just said. So it's interesting that you said that sort of randomly here on the show with, with me because um, <clears throat> it was tricky to sit there and be happy, be grateful, be anything positive when somebody, somebody that you deeply, deeply love is in the ICU and all, you know, 30 of us are gathered around in the waiting room wondering what's going to happen next. Um, and yet... That's how it's interesting because that's exactly what we had to surround him with was that positive vibe, was that everything happy, you know, not every moment happy or anything like that, but that strength and that faith and that hope and the joy and so forth to get him through the experience and to get us through the experience. We put pictures all over his wall. We did so many things um, to maintain some level of positive. Maybe not perfectly happy, but definitely that positive energy. What do you think about that? Well, I always thought of sitting in ICU as I, I kind of just called it the gate of Hades because I was at yeah. the gate like I wasn't there. I knew where I didn't want to be, but I was mm-hmm. close enough I could feel the heat. But but I agree, you have to, um, and especially when you're dealing with a patient, 
you know, you have to walk in and, and be in that space of all things are poss- possible, that space of hope and that, that they need, they need that. That's, that's, that's yeah. how they, they heal and, and defy the odds. Obviously your dad defied the odds many times. Yeah. It's, um, and my mother had to, my mother has been yeah. an ICU many, many times. And, uh, you you have to be there, but but then when you're sitting out there by yourself or you're sitting out there even with your loved ones, you you also have to, or you don't have to, but people if you are feeling those things, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can curl up and cry if you need to, or you can get you know even if you have to be angry or you have to feel those emotions because if you don't, they just kind of go into a little shoebox that you try to hide, and eventually they come out sideways. Yeah, it's like an emotional ICU roller coaster, like from moment to moment. ICU is a is a terrifying place in, at times. Um, there was there was one time where my dad was, um, they were trying to take him off the vent, and they had tried a couple times unsuccessfully. And my mom and I were just in the waiting room, going, "Oh, nah, I can't imagine him taking it. We can barely take it." And so I said, "You know, mom, we need to change a pace." <clears throat> we're going to remove ourselves from here, and the next crew is going to be on watch. My brothers and sisters. And I took her over to Cole's across the street from the hospital um, because the fifth floor of the hospital is in a rotating bar. So we went sweater shopping instead. And um, I, and I just said, we're just going to do something different. And even if we're miserable doing this, we're going to do it anyway, you know, kind of thing. We're going to just force ourselves to do this. So we went sweater shopping and we ended up going back into the ICU with our sweaters tied around our necks, like little superhero capes because the day was that mm-hmm. stressful, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, a bit of hap- a, a bit of happiness to tie in the strength and so forth. And I think it's important to talk about these things, which aren't very readily talked about, because so many people have these experiences and they don't know how to get through them, and don't know how to talk about them, and um, and you know just finding sometimes it's finding happiness. And so I'm I'm so grateful that you're a source out there for people on this topic. It's lovely. Well, I think it's, I think, like I said, happiness is, is what, you know, we aspire to be happier, but sometimes to be happier, we have to work through a lot of different things, and I think with what your work does, you guys are, uh, you guys address happiness efforts sometimes, I, I think, in, a, in, in more in depth than, than some of what my work does, but uh, hopefully, you know, it's still helping people all find that, yeah. that no, I... and that inner inner uh field so do you have a few more minutes or do you need to go no no i can talk okay good your audio just turned a little tinny like can't canned a little bit so just a heads up on that um if if, is it better um, now yeah there you go now it is yep absolutely one of my earbuds Um, fell out (laughs) okay yeah i I was hesitant to put it in I, i got new ones and i keep cutting people off I'm like, there's yeah. obviously a spot I touch that cuts it off, and I don't know where that is. I got it's live. It's, Christmas. it's live. It's just us, and people are used to the conversation back and forth. So it's it's a it's a good conversation, um, and that's what we're all about is these conversations um, to go a little bit deeper um, into your book and what you meant and what you wrote and so forth. And I'd I'd love to do that right now. You know, I turned to page 99 of your book, and I really love this. And I'm hoping that you could talk a little bit more about it. It's like a little chart, and it's past happiness and current happiness. And it says, like, who was your best friend in fourth grade? And 
Who is your best friend now? Tell us about why you wrote that. Well, I wanted to create, um, I wanted the book to be experiential. Like, it's not necessarily like, oh, you do this and you're going to be happier. But I think it's about identifying these changes. And so with this particular list, I wanted people to somewhat realize, like, oh, I have had these, these changes. Now, nostalgia, nostalgia, we call it, is a type of happiness, and there's, it's great to have great nostalgic, happy memories. But we also have to recognize our current happiness is about our present and about what's going on. So I wanted to ask those questions for, so people just sort of get the idea that, you know, yeah, my happiness did change or does change because oftentimes we don't think of it that way. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, and and that's kind of what you mean too. Like it change, happiness changes as you change. So if you're sitting there and you're like, if all you do is remember how great you were in tenth grade at football, and you're 62, um, that could be like a happiness blocker, correct? If that's like what you what you're still pining away for, I don't, I don't know. You see it people will, do it, that exactly <laughs> because exactly people do that. I, I find when I'm talking to somebody if they're sometimes feeling super stuck, if they're feeling stuck in their happy stuff. And that's where a lot of people are right now because, again, we had a shift that we didn't ask for. (laughs) Like, I make a joke that what I learned about COVID in the first year is I will probably always wear a mask or have a mask in my purse because I I didn't realize how many people I apparently French kiss because just talking we have all this projectile um, (laughs) stuff that comes out of our mouth. And I'm like, wow. There's some people I really don't want to be doing that with um, yeah. all the time. I, I hear you. I'm the same so, way. I'm like, I don't know if I'm – I'm going to be one of those people 10 years from now that's got my mask on still, afraid to catch the flu hey, or whatever, God God willing, hey, that we're, you know, hey, get through this. Exactly. Exactly. If you're standing by somebody who you feel like has cooties, as we say in the South, uh, you're going to be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to put that mask on right now just to protect me a little bit because I don't know what you have. Um, oh, so it's changed yeah. us. That's, that's the point. It's changed us whether we wanted it to or not. And right now you have the masses are trying to figure out what that change means to them. That's what the great resignation is, is for the most part about. It's, it's a little bit about in industries that didn't pay well. It's these <laughs> people have found out other ways to earn money, I think. Uh, you know, Other ways not it, to commute a, like a billion hours. Ugh. Yeah, you like, I don't like the commute, or I want to spend more time with my kids. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that, that goes into it. But then I was talking to a customer service rep this week, and, and she was, in, I'm going to guess she was late 20s, and she said, you know, but I'm actually kind of missing the elevator talk and the talk around the water cooler. And that's why most people are wanting this hybrid work option, where they can go in the office, but if they need to be home, they can be home too, because we are tribal beings. So I don't. I think how that shakes out is, is still a little bit to, to be determined because people, again, want, want, want both. But, yeah, a lot of times, I mean, experiences change us. They, if you, it's why you have somebody who feels is more mature at 24 than somebody else is at 34. You have, obviously, genetics change you. Like you said, the 62-year-old who keeps, thinking about his golden, his high school glory days, if that's his biggest glory ex- experience and, and that's what he's held on to for 40-something years, he's probably not 
he probably missed a lot of his happiness because your happiness is is in your presence and you can't always always recreate that. I, I remember I one time had a therapist in my kind of my thirties, I think, but this was my last session with him when he said he's like, So what has been the happiest time of your life? And I was like, Well I I I I don't know. I don't want to think I've already had it. <laughs> like I kind of think of happiness as what's going on. You know, I could go through each year and say maybe what was happiest, but did that mean I don't have any other happiness? You know, was was my thought process on that. I was like, sure, yeah. I, I can't just have my happiest time. <laughs> that would be super sad. And so again, I think it, again it changes, and, and what that is it is changes, but it's it's uh, usually if you find somebody who's super stuck, it's oftentimes it's because they're still connecting to an old dream um, because our dreams change and that's okay. And we, we often live in this culture, I think now that we, we, we somewhat hold people hostage to their past. And I, I feel for this generation that's coming up because at least everything I said when I was 20 isn't on Facebook but we, we have people who, who are some social media platform. We have people who say, well, you thought blah, blah, blah at whatever point. And you're like, well, yeah, I did 20 years ago, but maybe I've changed. Maybe I, my opinion has changed. Maybe I got more information. Maybe experiences changed me. Uh, we, because we change. Some people yeah. say we don't change, but I, I actually do think we change. And, or at least we can change if we're growing. So people who grow do, do change. But sometimes we, our, our mindset still is, is, I guess, is stuck on, on what was before. Right. And so, like I said, that particular graphic was, is, again, just designed to get people thinking a little bit about, about how that has changed for them. Uh, yeah. Because if we don't recognize it again, if you don't acknowledge it, you can't work with it. Yep. Yeah, I think our books go hand in hand. We're both HCI authors, and uh, my book's going to come out after yours. My book com- comes out March 8th. It's called The Change Guidebook. And um, I think as I'm reading, as I've read your book, um, and and I kind of reread books too, just so you know, I kind of like skim it, read it, and then read it again. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Books usually get, if I like books, they get like read three times um, for different reasons. And as I read your book, it goes, it actually goes hand in hand with my book and I kind of love that actually um so maybe we'll think about giveaways yeah yeah I was thinking the same thing when I saw your um when I was reading your about your book I was like yeah our book is she's a she's a lot about my third principle yeah yeah exactly and um and then your zappers part is another author called Sherrianna Boyle and so I love it when books intertwine like when you can have three people on a on a panel or a show or something like that and you each talk about something in your book and they all kind of go together for a larger purpose and and um and expand on the principle so we don't all have to be experts at like every single thing and um it's it's lovely when you have people who are are well versed in a topic but um I, I wanted to ask you about the structure of your book because I really find HCI books and your book in particular and my book in particular as well pretty easy to use um, like you'll actually read it pick it up and there's things to do in it and you learn from it um, do you want to talk about like how you structured the book to so people can get the most out of your book 
Well, I wanted to structure the book so that people were were making were personalizing it and and making yeah. it about them. So, and one of the ways to do that was with the you know the different graphs graphics and charts. And I even put in the book there's ways you can go download the different graphics and charts so you can keep redoing them, like the the zap map. So. That that was really my purpose behind it, and I've even created a workbook for people who give a review on the book um, that gives you all the, the graphics and charts so that you can, again, just keep printing them out and redoing them over and over. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I wanted to really honor that first principle, that happiness is personal, and so how do you create the best way for you to manage your happiness at first? Because Again, what you might do to manage a situation and what I might do to manage it could be totally different, and neither one is right or wrong. Yeah, that's super true. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy your book. I like all the different um, – I like the way that you have narrative from you. I like the examples that you have from other people and their stories as well. And, then I, and I love the exercises. And I, and I love the fact – our books are also similar like this where you can kind of like download the exercises. So if you're a person who's uncomfortable writing in a book, I think that it's good to let people know that they can go to your website, which is um, – is it SOHP? Com. Yeah, it's SOHP.com, but to get the, the exercises out of the book, there's a specific page link, and it'll give you that graph or chart at okay, the end. In the book. Yeah, good. That's typically at the end. And then at the very, very end, there's, there's a way to just kind of get a complete workbook that's downloadable. Um, so if you do a review, it's kind of a gift. A gift, a gift for a review. Um, so yeah. we're trying to um, – you know, trying to help people keep doing that practice. Yeah, because I had that. I was telling the publisher, I was like, I was telling the editor, I was like, yeah, but I don't want to write in my book. <laughs> Same. I, might, I, I might not want to write in my book. And so we, we created that way to, to, to give out the, the graphs and, and the, some of the charts and, and stuff. So to make it more, again, to, to honor that first principle that, again, happiness is personal. And I think, that's kind of the foundation for happiness is again, what makes you you happy is, is going to be different than maybe what makes me happy. Of course, some of the same things can make us happy, but even if we do the same experience, how we experience that happiness is going to be unique to us. So if people want to work with you, do you, I'm just going to ask a bunch of questions. If people want to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, do you do coaching? Or um, or just go to my go to my uh, tribe on Facebook and that's that. Um, do can people work with you directly? Well, I did just open up coaching recently, so for a very limited number of clients. Uh, yep. So I have I have opened up coaching, and I thought it was it made sense with the book coming out, and it it just sort of made sense at this time, and and the fact that there's such a need for people who are reevaluating their happiness. And in fact, next, next week when we do Hunt for Happiness Week, I'm going to be doing a, a kind of an online uh, four-day, four day, I'm actually probably just doing videos. I was planning mm -hmm. on doing Facebook Lives, but I think I'm going to go with just videos because that way people can listen to them when they want, and on the fifth day we'll do a live for a Q&A. But it's going to be, you know, about four days and four practical ways 
to you know improve improve your life and which is obviously based Beautiful. on the four practical happiness principles but with those with there's going to be like a prize I'll do I'm going to do a, a one hour uh, not one hour, 30 minute coaching prize each day. So, so people could, if they're participating in that, uh, they can uh, win, win a coaching session. And then, um, so, so we're exci- so I'm excited about that because, yeah. and then we're also just going to have some fun with it. We're going to be, um, we're going to be encouraging everybody to make their uh, zap your happiness zapper wand. So I'm about to shoot a video showing a whole bunch of different kinds of zap the zapper wands that you could have just to kind of help you, you know, have a little fun with those happiness zappers. Perfect. And, and how, if people want to catch that, how, do people um, register on your website or where, where would you go to sign up for that? Yeah. Or is it just, just go to com, And if you signed up either for our monthly newsletter, which is SOHP weekly or monthly or kind of weekly newsletter, SOHP Weekly, or if you, you can actually go to Everything Happy and you go to the Hunt for Happiness page and uh, Hunt for <laughs> Happiness Week page and sign up there, we'll be sending out more information about how to, uh, how to uh, you know, participate. And sure. like I said, I'm, I'm waiting on, I ordered a wand that I'm still waiting on so I can shoot my video. <laughs> <laughs> my wand video is some Your of our different video. kinds of wands to, uh, well, to, to have, like I said, to make it a little fun because sometimes we take our, sometimes we can just get stuck being too serious about things. I think. <laughs> I do think so too. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of fun on uh, Best Ever You with our, we have a YouTube channel and stuff like that. And we've got lots of videos up there and we goof around and we mess up and things aren't perfect. And, you know, we'll fit it with our hair live and whatever else it is that you're not supposed to do, we always end up doing. So it's okay. Um, and it's fun and <laughs> it's all good. And it's real. I think that's the most important important part. It's authentic and real um, and and not fake for sure. Um, do you have... Any, anything else you want to talk about before we go? Because we're out of time. I do want to make sure people know that they can get your book, Practical Happiness, wherever books are found, um, wherever books are sold. You can go on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. There's tons of places. Um, you can go to hcibooks.com. Um, anything else you want to cover before we go? Because we are out of time. I guess I would just say... I would say two things. One is if you go order the book, you can, yeah, if you go to SOHP.com, there's all the links. And I'm doing my pre-order gifts. I'm keeping them throughout Hunt for Happiness Week as early order gifts. But one of them is a happiness planner. So that's just a fun, a fun little 12-month plan out your happiness just to get you in that happiness mindset. And then I am doing a VIP ticket event this month, which I'm still picking the date. I wanted to give people a little time to read the book. And, um, also, if you just go to SOHP.com slash gift, you can get that 31 types of happiness counter. And if you find yourself, you know, just hitting a bump, you know, print it off and, or it's on our app, SOHP, uh, print it off and, and just, again, go count how happy you were for the last 30 minutes and just see how that, see how that, that yeah. works. So, yeah. you know, see, see if you were, I just said, there's been a rare person who wasn't, but See how, see how that works, and um, it'll it, it's it, it's a great way to to just feel a little bit better for for that next moment. 
Beautiful. Yep. Staying present in happiness. So thank you so much for being with us. I certainly have been happy talking to you for the past hour or so. It's uh, It's been just absolutely lovely and informative and joyful and all those good things. And um, I wish you the best of luck with your book. Again, it's called Pract- uh, uh, Practical Happiness, about practical happiness. Raise your vibe, stay present, and create the life you want. Um, and we've been talking with Pamela Gail Johnson. Pamela, thank you so much for your time and your energy and your happiness tips. Thank you so much for having me on. And you have a great book launch yourself. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, well, we always say this on Best Ever You. It is a, one thing to write a book and it's a different thing to market the book and find the readers for it and the, and the, and the tribe that goes with the book. So um, all different areas and um, it's hard to be an expert in both. And um, so we, re- we all rely on each other <laughs> to spread the word about each other's books for sure. It's like authors supporting authors and um, we, we all get it. So um, yeah, best of luck. And um, I, I, I have both the Kindle version of your book and the paperback. Um, the paperback's in route to me still, um, but I, I definitely have read the Kindle twice now, and it's a really good book. I'm, I'm oh, wow. really proud of you. Yeah, I'm really proud of you for writing the book. It's, it's much needed right now, and I hope people um, continue to see you as the resource you are on, in the topic of happiness because um, it's, really um, it's a really good group you've got on Facebook. You've got a page and a group, and uh, the book just – fits in perfectly so good job it's awesome good thank, job HGI thank too. we love you. them <laughs> everybody yeah, no, they thank you delight. <laughs> yeah yeah they, they are have been a delight. thank yep. you so much and like i'm looking forward to reading your book and thank you and like i said <laughs> the, that next that next phase for you for your launch i i i, I will be smarter with my next one yeah, we uh, we all are. It's it's always interesting. Um, all right, Pamela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. And um, and take care. There goes the end chime for the show. <laughs> all right, everybody, thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. Bye. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.